Today, Stephen's going to have a guest and talk about ethical investment, ethical charters, and uh, yeah, should be an interesting topic. We'll also have our market update with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, and we'll take a look at generally how the market is travelling. Thursday Finance, coming your way on 2NURFM. Stephen Pritchard, hello, welcome along to another Thursday, and... How are commodities travelling? Is gold up or down? That's our landmark. Gold's about the same. Oh, gold's the same. Gold's gold's the same. Was up ninety four cents on the week to two thousand. $2,163.04, $2,163.04, and the crude oil price was up $1.88 a barrel to uh, $89.69 a barrel. Mm. So, yeah, so. okay. Mm. And the currencies, the um, yep. the Australian dollar was down to 68.84 US cents, and against the Great British Pound, we're, down, we're up to 53.53 uh, pence. That's because they've got a general election coming along, maybe? Uh, probably. I think it's saying that BREX is coming along. And the euro, we're 62.18 um, um, euro cents. Mm-hmm. So that was up slightly. I mean, you're talking about less than half a percent. Great for so, travellers. So mm-hmm. Great for travellers to the Europe and the UK. Not so good to the US. Ah. And um, the All Honours Index, um, the All Honours pretty much, pretty much the equity markets were pretty much steady the last week. Uh, the All Honours Index was 6,773.25. So we're talking about 0.4 of a point difference. Mm-hmm. So uh, the S&P 500 was 3, Thousand and seventy six and point seven eight, so uh, as up thirty nine point two. Uh, the 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 um, the UK FTSE index was seven thousand three hundred ninety six, which was up one hundred forty eight point three points, or two, about two percent. And uh, so, pretty much the equity markets are the same around the world again. Mm. Um, Fuel. Fuel, some stocks, um, BHP, um, BHP, oh, stocks, okay. stocks, 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 um, all your investments. All um, my investments. We've just got your investments listed <laughs> here. Um, BHP, uh, $37.50, which was up $1.55 in the week. Uh, CBI, CBA was down uh, 66 cents to 78 cents. And a couple of banking announcements come out since last week, and uh, you can understand why. Um, we'll talk a bit about those later, but you can understand why CBA is falling. Um, NIB was down 20 cents to $6.81 and Telstra was down two cents to $3.47. So, you know, most of the, the stocks that local people seem to hold were down a bit. Um, the fuel price was down a bit, $1.49.3 for unleaded in Newcastle and $1.53.9 for unleaded in Sydney. Uh, the diesel price in Newcastle, $1.50.8 <clears throat> and in Sydney, $1.47.2. Okay. So you can fill up now before Christmas, which is either six or seven weeks, depending which way you count the weeks. I don't think there are two ways of counting the weeks. Well, if you count the whole weeks or you count to the day, you get a different answer. (laughs) If you count shopping days, you'll get a different answer too. (laughs) Of course you will. Otherwise, So so we we, we provide all the information. Thursday, finance and the time of week when we take a look at the market, our market update with Henry Jennings, senior commentator at Marcus Today. Stephen Pritchard is with us now. Henry. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. It's a bit smoky up here. It was very smoky down uh, across the water down here as well in 
in uh, in Palm Beach land. So. Oh, well, it's not coming from cigarette smoke here, but anyhow. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not from here either. I think Jack Lowenstein's coming on a bit later to tell us why we shouldn't invest in cigarette stocks. Ah, I love Jack. He's yes. great. I mean, he's, he's so smart, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, Westpac. Westpac, uh, we should have sold our Westpac last week, but anyhow. Um, Westpac announced a profit fall, the shares fell, and a capital raising and a dividend cut. Um, yes, all the things that you want for in, in a bank. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, Westpac, disappointing results, and they have shored up their balance sheet. They're raising $2.5 billion. I have to say, you know, the stock price at the moment is uh, $28.30. Mm-hmm. And you're being offered stock at twenty five dollars thirty two. Mm-hmm. So it does look like a bit of a gimme, to yes. be honest. Yes. Uh, um, I don't think shareholders can be too upset about getting shares at that price. Of course, they don't actually rank for the upcoming dividend, so you've got to bear that in mind. But uh, yes, they cut their dividend, which was a bit of a shock. This came head on the or well, hot on the heels of ANZ cutting their franking credits. So mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it was kind of a one-two from Westpac and ANZ with uh, the franking credits of ANZ cut from 100% to 70%. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say the banking sector has recovered mm-hmm. a little bit today. We've got the NAB results out mm-hmm. um, and they didn't, well, they did cut their dividend, but they didn't cut their franking credits and no. they didn't raise any money from a placement. What they did do was that they had a, um, well, they're having an underwritten dividend reinvestment plan, which will effectively raise them around one to two billion uh, in fresh capital, which will take their CET1 ratio uh, up to around 10.75, and it's supposed to be above 10.5. So they're shoring up the balance sheet through a different methodology to the one that Westpac chose. So, um, yes. Did you see what they, they talked about, a discounted DRP, but I couldn't actually find out what the discount was going to be, do you? 1.75%. Oh, DRP's dividend reinvestment plan. Okay. So instead of taking the cash, yes. um, you take the shares. So as a result, um, NABs don't have to uh, pay out as much mm. money in dividends mm. because some shareholders will take the shares instead. So that way they save that $1 to $2 billion, which means that their balance mm-hmm. sheet improves. So the 1.75% uh, discount's not... Not that. No, but I mean, everyone's complaining about you know the banks, and they've, they've had a the anus horribilis, I guess, mm-hmm. this year with the Royal Commission. Um, but um, you know, at the end of the day, NABs are still going to pay a dollar sixty-six on twenty-eight dollars of um, share price, which is around five point eight, five point nine percent fully franked. Now, that's not easy to come by these no, days. No, I agree. So um, you know, it, if your mortgage is costing you three point Three, 3.4%, and you're getting 5.9% fully franked from the dividend of the bank you're borrowing the money from. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> and then uh, another financial services firm announced the result, Pendle, which used to be called BT. Yeah, BT. I think these guys have uh, suffered from a bit of an identity crisis, really, because mm-hmm. and we all knew who BT was, and they were well-renowned re- in the market, and they've um, since they changed their name, they really have struggled, I have to say. Um, the share price has struggled, it's come down from sort of 13 bucks to uh, currently around $8. It was down in the sixes. Um, and although these results weren't particularly flash and they have suffered because of uh, Brexit uncertainty and fund flows out, um, they do seem to have turned the corner. 
or at least that's what the market is hoping, uh, and they have perked up. Of course, having equity markets around the globe at um, near or close to all-time highs, um, that does help. It does help them considerably. So uh, the stock price is up around 10% yesterday on the back of those numbers. It's down around uh, 2.5% today. Just a bit of profit-taking, but certainly um, it does look as if that one has turned a little bit, at least in the short term. And we'll come back in a minute and talk about Virgin. Thursday Finance, in the middle of our market update, Stephen Pritchard, with Henry Jennings. And uh, the Virgin CEOs announced that they're going to cut their capacity by re- by retiring some ageing planes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they're going to redirect as well some of their planes and their routes from uh, from Melbourne to Hong Kong up to uh, Japan as well, um, bearing in mind that it's um, the uh, Olympics next year mm-hmm. in, uh, in Tokyo, so that may play into it. But this is, I don't think, has Virgin ever made any money? I don't think so. They lost another $71 million last year, and it's basically, I don't know why it is even bothered to be listed, to be quite honest. You'd have to have rocks in your head to buy this one. Um, but um, it, it's pretty much the plaything of a bunch of big airlines that have big shareholdings in this, leaving uh, retail investors very little to play with and very little reason to uh, to play with it, to be honest. It's, it just always seems to be a perennial dog. I think people buy it because they think Richard... I think people buy it because they think Richard Branson runs it. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I can't, mm. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't... But yeah, I mean, Richard Branson is, um, mm. is a fantastic businessman and very good at promoting Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and putting the Virgin name on things, but um, yeah, mm. this, this one is just a plain old Chihuahua. Yes. Anyhow, Independence groups mm. made an offer for panoramic resources to to get hold of their their nickel resources and are commenting they think there could be further rationalisation or in the nickel nickel industry. Yeah, this was an interesting one. This kind of, I, I guess, came out of the blue a little bit. This is um, unusual in this uh, new, brave new world in that it hasn't been um, agreed. It's not a scheme of implementation. It is an out-and-out, almost hostile takeover bid. It uh, appears that the board of IGO has tried to uh, engage with the Panoramic Boys, and they got told, uh, no way, Jose. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a result, they've lobbed a 1 for 13 uh, script offer uh, for Panoramic, which at current prices from IGO equates to about uh, 49 and a bit cents. And they're trading around 43.44. So, obviously, the market doesn't uh, quite believe in the um, in the bid will go through. I think they've got around four percent of the stock already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's it, uh, but there wouldn't be too many issues in terms of uh, you know, there's no FIRB, yeah. there's no right. ACCC. Mm-hmm. It's really about getting the shareholders over the line. And I would imagine that they'll sweeten it with some little cash component, maybe, mm-hmm. and it will get up and and done. So it just takes. Yep, and a couple of building stocks, um, both to do with the US. So Borel's cost-cutting to try and offset the falling US profits, and Brickworks is going to buy another brick company in the US. Yeah, there's a bit, there's a bit of action happening, and it's, a, it's a, I guess, a little bit of um, um, uh, the yin and the yang at the moment, because you've got Borel, which is still really struggling, 
uh, I have to say, and, and mainly because it's got problems both in the US and here as well. But then you look at a stock like CSR, which you'd imagine has a certain amount of crossover with Borrell, especially here, um, and they have been going absolute gangbusters. Uh, they had some, uh, some relatively good results. And we've also seen um, James Hardy today uh, come out with some, uh, some numbers, and that stock's trading an all-time high, over 26 bucks. So Borrell's clearly doing something wrong, and that, that company maker, when they bought that big business in the U.S., has been a company shaker as opposed mm-hmm. to a company maker. And uh, maybe, um, maybe someone should be looking at taking Borrell over and, and trying to uh, get it back on track because it does seem to have lost its way a little bit at the moment, that's for sure. Mm. And uh, many, many bank shares fall after it makes an <laughs> unestimating growth claims and they're, they're claiming they're going to go and audit the private hospitals for... Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the private health sector is, is a much maligned and with good reason sector in our market, I have to say. Um, and there's two um, big listed ones. There's, of course, uh, NIB um, and uh, Medibank Private, which um, has come out with this uh, this kind of a bit of a shock. Funnily enough, the day after NIB, which has a code NHS, um, had uh, reiterated their guidance. So they're clearly not seeing the same problems that Medibank Private have been seeing. But, you know, it's it could be that these guys are just playing the politics of crying poor to the government so they can get yet more money out of us, which is just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's such a massive cost, private health insurance. And the benefits are getting less and less as they load up the out-of-pockets and the things that you can and can't claim for. And they're supposed to have made it simple with these gold, silver and bronze mm-hmm. things, but that doesn't seem to have solved anything. At, at the end of the day, it's, um, it does seem to be a declining business. Mm-hmm. Costs are going up. Expenses are coming down. The young people aren't taking out the private health insurance. The old people are claiming more and more for artificial everything. Um, and um, it's just it's, it's a hard business, I have to say. It's not a sector that I really um, have to say I really like. Although, if you, if you were going to play it, I think that the quality one is um, your local mob, NIB, yeah. um, as opposed to, um, the, the, I'd say, the, uh, the less um, efficient and more maligned um, <laughs> Medibank private. So, yes. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you again next week. Henry, thanks for Yeah, that. talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, thanks Henry. Well, Jack. Henry Jennings, and uh, that is, of course... Um, our market update. He's from Marcus today. And Stephen Pritchard, we have a special guest coming up now. We've got uh, we've got Jack Lowenstein to talk to us today about um, ethical investments. And, we need to be ethical, don't we? And uh, I thought before we start, we might just quickly, um, you could quickly run through your history in this area, Jack. Sure. Um, I've been involved in, in funds management for over, over two decades, and, and throughout that time I've been a, an ethical investor. Um, I started my career at a firm called Hunter Hall, which was a brilliant pioneer in the sector. And then about seven years ago, I left to set up Morphic Asset Management, which has also been a bit of a leader in terms of, of um, the, the newer thinking in ethical investing. So Hunter Hall was a kind of an ethical investor before um, before anyone had really heard much about it. It was one of the pioneers. And, Absolutely. And yeah, the returns yeah. from Hunter Hall funds were, were outstandingly good. They were. They were indeed for many, for many, many years. And um, you know, I, I, I think I think that in life, 
Uh, it's what you don't do that often uh, makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that our decision to not invest in uh, alcohol, tobacco, uh, gambling, armaments was definitely a positive for us. It focused on some other, area, some, some area, some other areas. And I think to some extent we, we were a bit ahead of the curve. Occasionally you think, oh, this is very depressing. Fin stocks are killing it. Uh, so to speak. Um, but I'm happy to say last year has been a fantastic year not to be in these, these, these shares. Yes. So, so where you are now at Morphic, which you founded, that's got an ethical charter as well? Correct. Yep. So how, how do, what, what do you kind of exclude from your investment universe down yeah. there? We, we exclude armaments, tobacco and alcohol, um, uh, oil and gas, uh, I hate to say it's in Newcastle, but also coal and uranium mining, gambling, and environmentally destructive industries like um, uh, logging old forests and um, and also uh, intensive animal farming. Yeah, so that would intensive animal farming would that exclude um, things like tassel and um, human, for example? This is an area where we, we probably have lower conviction. We do exclude them, but we, we're not. We, you know, we, we're open-minded about thinking about this one. But it's um, our view at the moment is most of these companies struggle with uh, pollution issues. Yep. Um, and uh, and um, the biggest companies in the world in the sector are actually in Norway, and there's been some regulatory changes there, which we think are going to um, uh, reduce returns. Um, but perhaps also make them more sustainable. So we keep an open mind on that one. Okay. And so what, what type of sectors are you kind of concentrating in other than the... So we've excluded these other ones. Is there any we, we kind of concentrate in? have a, a view that we should also um, look for opportunities, but not exclusively so, in companies that are focused on water quality uh, improvement, air quality improvement, conservation and renewable energy. But we'll only do that if we think there's good returns for investors to come from it. And we are, you know, the bulk of our investment is in what I would call um, uh, neither, neither you know, in neutral things that are neither good nor bad for the environment, but part of our everyday lives, part of the experience of having a good life. So um, you know, basically 85% of the market we're completely free to invest in. And, and of that, a small portion we try to focus on as being good. So it's important. So if, we, if you're going to invest in renewable, in a, new, a renewable energy um, company, um, you, you're, kind of going to go, you're only going to invest in those if they, if they financially stack up. Is that what we're saying here? Exactly right. Yeah, we, we, we don't expect our, we, 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 our investors, um, we think they're willing to tolerate um, underperformance from time to time yep. by us not doing things, but they, we don't think they should be, uh, they expect us to, to, um, to miss opportunities by focusing just on things that will make us feel good. Okay. Okay, so 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 in the renewable energy, you'd, you'd invest in things like those um, New Zealand hydro companies, for example, that 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 have done quite well, and and you wouldn't kind of invest in some other renewable. I think there was some wave company in WA that never made any money and eventually went into receivership. That's kind of what we're looking at here. Yeah, I mean, I'll give an example of a, of a sector that we have, we haven't actually bought into. We've done a lot of work on um, solar um, uh, solar panel making is a horrible business. We've never invested in that. Yep. I don't think we ever will. 
But um, there's a part of, if you're building a solar uh, on your roof, what key bit of equipment you have to have is what's called an inverter. Um, and there's a couple of very innovative, there's, there's only a few companies that make them, uh, make, make good inverters. Um, it's, it's an area of tremendous innovation um, and very high returns. So um, there's an Israeli company called Solar Edge, which many of your uh, listeners will probably have on their roof without perhaps knowing about it. Um, that's a company we've looked at very closely um, and so on. So there's lots of opportunities which are not obvious but are, are very exciting. Okay. So we might have a, have a, have a quick break here and come back and talk about um, tobacco companies and why you've looked at those. Thursday Finance on to a new RFM and we're talking ethical investing at the moment, Stephen Pritchard, with Jack Lowenstein. And one of the things I know that uh, Morphix um, researched, uh, which I find quite interesting actually, that they've put a, I understand they put a lot of effort in this, is tobacco companies. And you wouldn't have thought that an ethical investor would, would even bother looking at tobacco companies. So could you kind of explain what, what you're doing with tobacco companies, Jack? Yeah, well, look, the answer is we, we actually have a um, – we're a long short fund, which means we can also short stock. So we have a, a small short position in most of the global tobacco companies, which has actually been quite good for us over the last, um, last year. Um, uh, to give you an idea, you know, Philip Morris in the U.S., which is called Altria, is down 30%, um, which is one of the biggest tobacco companies in the world. Um, British American Tobacco uh, is down – 15%. Most of these stocks are down between 15 and 30% over the last year, uh, which um, is nice for us. Uh, and we've been particularly focused on on um, what they're doing about new, uh, new, new tobacco technologies like vaping, uh, which has been a very controversial area. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so there's been some deaths on that in the U, in the US, I understand. So the tobacco company's pushing that, are they? pretty amazing story and on our website there's a, a blog I wrote when I came back from America in August this year called Jewel what were they smoking and um, and I, I was amazed when I was in America is how much Jewel had to, which is the um, new generation vaping technology is okay. very it's not completely dominant in America it's around a bit here but basically I hit to cut to the chase Altria which is the old Philip Morris America spent $13 billion to buy one-third of jewels, which is this new technology that never made any money, um, uh, about, about a year ago. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, they've written that down already by one-third. Right. So they've, they've basically said, we, oops, we overpaid. Um, and by the way, we think, and, and my personal thing is going to go to zero because um, uh, the reality is that the, 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 these deaths that are Starting to emerge from the, the danger of vaping are going to be—they're going to kill the business, literally. Okay, and then the tobacco companies have been trying to sell into the third world too. I know that. Yes, very much so. But what's interesting about that is that um, uh, uh, ITC Limited, which is the Indian tobacco company, um, even that is down uh, over the last year. Um, that's down, um, I think, about fifteen percent as well. So, so I take it back, that's done, that's done about 7%. Um, so uh, even the third world things aren't going too well. Uh, Samporna, which some, anybody who's been to, to Bali will know, 
that's an Indonesian listed tobacco company. That's down 45% this year. So, so Malbec looks at, look, you've looked at all the major tobacco companies all around the world, just not the, the UK and the US then? Yes, absolutely, because we, we like to know what we're not investing in. And we also, as I said, we, because we can short, we try to find opportunities where we can actually make money for investors by by selling shares we don't own. Hmm. So, so, so obviously you think the, the long-term outlook on tobacco companies isn't, isn't good? Look, the, the, the tobacco companies did do quite well for a long time because they were what is known technically as bond-like equities. They had very high dividend yields, and as global um, government bond rates fell, people were willing to pay up for those dividend yields. Mm-hmm. But what's very interesting uh, now is that nobody wants these stocks even though they've got high dividend yields. So I don't want to encourage your listeners to go out and buy these shares, but um, British American Tobacco has now got a 7% dividend yield. Right. And people still don't want to buy them. And the reason um, when people don't want to buy high dividend stocks is because they recognize something is broken in the business and that dividend probably isn't sustainable. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So is there any other sectors you, you kind of... Uh done some research on like that other than tobacco? Well, obviously we do a lot of work on oil and gas. I think that's, a, that's more tricky because the oil price goes up, oil stocks go up generally, and the oil price goes down, oil stocks go down. We think long-term oil, gas, and as I say, with great, uh, I don't want to offend anybody in Newcastle, but even coal, the outlook is not good for those guys because renewable energy uh, yeah, uh, is cheaper now mm-hmm. than uh, new build coal plants, and um, with the with the continuing innovation in uh, electric cars, I think um, you know, we'll see a, a, a what what seemed impossible replacement of petrol with electricity in cars will suddenly seem inevitable within the next ten years. You think ten years that soon? I, I think it is that soon actually, because I I, I think that. Um, I don't know about what you, what you and your, your listeners, but I've been, I have this ancient Subaru Forester, uh, um, uh, and I just don't want to replace it until I can get an electric car that is at a sensible price for me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm basically waiting. So you haven't bought a Tesla then? Sadly not. <laughs> no, they're very expensive. Very expensive. Yeah, and the, and the stock is even more expensive, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that because it has other problems. No, no, I think that's fine. Okay, well, thanks for coming along, Jack. It's, it's always extremely interesting, and we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Very much. I very much hope so. Thanks, Jack. Jack. Thank you, Jack. Jack Lowenstein. He is from Morphic Asset Management and, of course, a bit of ethical investing. Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard, ethical investing, it is a very interesting concept. It's very interesting and ethical investing means different different things to different people. I mean, Morphic's got this, um, this, this screening of uh, what they regard as, um, you know, ethical and, and, and non-ethical. And most people would probably go out, um, and it's tobacco and alcohol and, and, and as unethical type investments. But then um, some people have... Um, wouldn't wouldn't regard oil and gas as unethical or, or even coal as unethical because they think that you know the coal industry is bringing a lot of people in the third world 
out of poverty um, and raising their living standards. So, so ethical investments means different things to different people. And, and some people will think that you know they won't invest in going to the other extreme. They won't invest in say uh, any of the big four banks because they think they're unethical, or even um, even the real estate investment trusts that invest in shopping centres because they're not supporting a small business. So, 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 so Lots ethical investment, yeah, it means yeah. different things. You know, we've got we. we We've got clients who, who have got restriction. As I always ask clients if they come in, you know, you know the things you don't want to invest in, and invariably people will say tobacco and alcohol, but but then they've got other things as well. So a nice look at ethical investing, and that is Thursday Finance for today on to a new RFM. We will be back next Thursday after the midday news. Yes, Jane. On 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>